3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
4: Welcome back to hour number two. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're hanging out with you until noon, and we'll hand it off to D-Lo and KC. They'll be rocking with you until four, right here on Sacramento Sports Leader. Excellent. Hell yeah! Um, the Kings played last night. They lost to the Miami Heat. That was one of two games that happened in the Western Conference last night. Hmm. The only other one was Memphis at Brooklyn, and Brooklyn uh, smoked the Grizzlies by 25, 111 to 86. So, uh, one of the things we're going to be doing through the rest of this regular season, and you might get tired of it, but that's just kind of where this is at because look, we talk about the Kings long term and okay, they need a player with this mentality or they need a player with, with this and they need to draft this or trade, whatever. We can deal with that when we get to it. We've talked about You've talked about, James. Mm-hmm. The consequences if the Kings miss the playoffs this year. Uh. That changes the long-term outlook significantly in a the wrong direction. So we're going to do some scoreboard watching throughout the rest of this regular season because uh, the Kings, after last night's loss, they now sit in the number seven seed. They fell behind the Pelicans and the Suns, who they were tied with. They're a half game back of the Suns for the six seed, the Pelicans for the five seed. They are tied with the Mavericks who are the eighth seed. And they're three games up on the Lakers for the nine, three and a half up on the Warriors for the ten. If quick refresher play in is the seven eight, and then the nine ten, winner of seven eight is the seven seed. Uh loser of that game plays the winner of nine ten for the eight seed. That's right. So you want to be a top six seed to avoid that play in. The Kings are half a game back of that right now. Yep. Um the good news is uh, the team's directly ahead of them and the Mavs directly behind them have some tough games tonight. Mm. So we're going to keep a like half an eye on the Warriors just because the more they lose and the more distance the the Kings can get from, from the 10 seed, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors are at the Wizards tonight. Don't love the Kings to gain ground on the Warriors.
0: The Wizards stink. Oh, the Wizards are bad. They
4: benched Jordan Poole. Like that's where the Wizards are at. Hmm. So I don't uh I don't love that. The Mavericks, though, big night for the Kings. The Mavericks play in Cleveland. Cleveland's good.
0: Cleveland's yeah, that's a tough one.
4: Two. Cleveland's number two seed in the East right now.
0: Well, plus they just have a lot to throw at players like mm-hmm. Luca. Yeah. And and Kyrie, they yeah. do. They have all kinds, a lot of, of different size, looks. a lot of length. Yeah, so mm, that's a good one.
4: Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. So you want want to see the Mavs lose? Yes, that would put the Kings half a game clear of the eight seed. And then the Pelicans are at the Knicks. Knicks, another team. They're the four seed in the East right now. They're thirty five and twenty three. Uh, if the Pelicans lose, they would just fall to the six. The Kings would, would stay, stay at seven. seven. Right? Is that right?
0: No, they're they're half game. No, the Kings would move above them if they lose because they've got one more win. Oh,
4: oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so
0: the the Kings mathematically the Kings would slide above them. To number 6. Yeah. All right. The Suns don't play tonight?
4: No. Okay. Big opportunity for the Kings. Yeah. To Gain a half game. (laughs) It's a gain a half game. (laughs) Hey, that's sometimes what that's what it's about, right? Let me make let me make sure I'm not losing my mind here. This says there's no. Oh, these are games played. Got it. Okay, that's not the upcoming schedule. Okay. 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 Anyways, uh, that's what's going on tonight in the West. Do these games? I, I said this yesterday, and then I watched them play Miami, and Miami was. In the play-in last year, wound lost their first play-in game. Something like that. They were the eighth seed. They were the eighth seed. Yeah. So they get into the playoffs via the play-in, and then they work their way to the finals. And then you watch them last night. You're like, man, of course. Like this team is just really, really tough. It's just a one of my. It's NFL draft season. One of my favorite NFL draft terms that people use for like running backs is a rolling ball of butcher knives. Oh, like they are just tough and downhill and hard nosed and hard to tackle. Mm-hmm. like they just look difficult to that's how the heat come across to me as it just as a basketball team as a unit, right? And I look and I go, man, last night was probably super valuable for Sacramento. Just playing in that type of game, you're on I know the second night of a back to back. It's not like it was playoff atmosphere at, at Golden one or anything like that. but Like, that's a tough team that very clearly had a good game plan for you.
5: Mm -hmm. And
4: now you have to learn how to adjust to that. And you're playing a team that has a ton of experience, uh, particularly guys like Kevin Love, guys like Bam Adebayo, have played in big games have played in playoff games. And the Kings need every single win. We talk about, okay, uh, what does this mean for uh, how they're inconsistent and they're this and they're that, and what team are we going to get tonight? Like, they just need to stack wins. And they didn't get one last night, but I look at the rest of the stretch and I'm like, man, these are all ostensibly playoff games.
0: Oh, I agree 100. Maybe
4: I'm maybe I'm way overvaluing that, but to me, okay, they have one playoff series under their belt, but now they get a month and a half, two months of playoff games. Like that's, I mean, what are quote unquote playoff games? That's that's I, I think could could be a big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a value to to playing difficult games you know I I think that when you you see a team like let's just say like the 49ers they get to the Super Bowl right their path to the Super Bowl versus a chiefs past path to the Super Bowl was much easier like without any question you know you went through a couple of a couple of decent teams mm-hmm. but not teams that had experience that were like expected to be there and like you get to the Super Bowl and like your pathway there just wasn't that nearly as as hard as it was for Kansas city yes. who had to play an extra yes. game. Right. Who had to play on the road, mm-hmm. who had to play against some of the best, like, you know, again, Josh Allen had to go through, uh, the Lamar MVP, yeah. Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson. Sorry. Um, yeah, that that's the path, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're a little more battle tested. You're a little bit more like you felt all of the, the high end talent and like what it is it, it's going to take yeah. to win that game. And sometimes that matters, right? Mm-hmm. So for the Kings to go and play a team like like Miami, I don't think it really like it's not like that style of play is going to rub off on the Kings, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that they're going to be like, oh man, that's how we have to play because that's not who the Kings have as players. Mm-hmm. They don't have a a Caleb Martin. They don't have a again a Jaime Hawkes. They don't mm-hmm. they don't have that physical type player. So they've got to figure out other ways to do it, other ways to be who they're going to be. And right now, I think we're still confused. But I don't know that we should be.
4: Yeah, and that's that's where like I don't, I never, I please don't take this this way. I'm not, I don't ever tell anyone how to be a fan. Yeah, be a fan however you want to be a fan. But the you 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 I can't remember if you said this on air during a break. But you said, man, a lot of angry Kings fans. And it's, I get it. Yeah. Like that was last night, the way they fell apart and fell behind 20. It's like, man, if they were 20% better in that stretch and they were only behind 15 going into the fourth quarter, they probably win. Yeah. They probably, they probably claw their way back and, and find a way to win that game. And so I get that it's frustrating and I get that there was, there were the great vibes last year and it was all ascension last year. And now there's some, some peaks and valleys this year. And so it's understandably super frustrating. But also, we just know what the Kings are now. And it's going to be frustrating, and that's that's totally fine. But I think it's probably unrealistic to have some, and Damien's been saying this for, for, for months, it's unrealistic to have some higher expectation of this team that there's some massive leap that's going to happen when they ran it back with largely the same group. If the leap has not happened by now, it's not going to happen on February 26th. Like they're just kind of they are who they are this year. I and that's, agree. And that's fine.
0: But but that becomes a question of how do you balance this now? If this this is who you are, mm-hmm. and then you understand where you need to get to in order to take more steps. Number one, you need a couple of different players, right? I think we can all honestly say that you can't run it back again. If you run it back again, oh, that's a gross, negli- uh, negligence. gross negligence. Yeah. It's like. You you just aren't up for the job. That's unserious. Yeah, yeah. You're just not. I hate ready that phrase, but that's what that is. I would agree. I would agree with you. You're, you're just not taking the task at hand and understanding what, like, sort of the goal is.
4: To be clear, I don't predict that happening.
0: Well, yeah, but we didn't predict that happening at the deadline either. So yeah, good point. But but just to to complete the thought, sort of like. We can see who they are, and the only way for them to have self improvement at this point, like they can get better for this season by guys getting hot or and, and figuring things. But the only way for this team to get truly better moving forward, yes, there's one singular path, and that is for Keegan Murray to ascend. And at, there comes a point in this season where you have to make that decision whether. It's about winning today and trying to get to the second round, or whether it's about getting Keegan Murray to the next step, so you can be better than a second round team next year and the year after. Yeah. And right now you got what twenty six games. Mm-hmm. This needs to be a lot more Keegan Murray twenty eight point nights, and a lot fewer of some of these other guys taking 15, 16 shots.
4: And I do think I do think part of that is on Keegan, and I think that's part of the growth <clears throat> is learning when to pick your spots. Last night would have been a good night to pick a spot.
0: I agree, but I'm also gonna say that at some point the coach has to have a say. And the coach and it doesn't have to be that, hey, let's run seven straight plays for Keegan. It can be to go to DeMontis Sabonis and it can mm-hmm. be to go to Keegan Murray and to De'Aaron Fox and say, This is the plan. Mm-hmm. We need you to execute it. Mm-hmm. The goal is to get him up to speed for next season. Yeah. And that's what has to happen. We understand who we are today. We are not a championship contender. We need to figure out how to get to that next step. That next step is through that kid, yep. and we need you guys on board to get him there so we can all succeed together.
4: Yeah, that next step for Keegan and the Kings, and maybe this this is why there's such a parallel, is consistency. Right now, the Kings are frustrating because they can go beat any team in the NBA on any night right now. They're good enough to do that. But they are also... Not good enough that they will they could lose to any team in the NBA on any given night, and there's just there's a lot of teams are there's a lot of teams like that where they are just kind of hanging out in the middle, getting to that next tier of team where they are consistently good night in and night out. I think that you you know for the most part what you're getting from De'Aaron Fox, you know what you're getting from Demontis Sabonis, Keegan Murray is number three, and to your point, getting to that consistency is going to require him to get there.
0: And now is the time to do it.
4: That it's right now. Yep. Right now, right now. Not later, later. <clears throat> big 10 basketball is tonight. D'Lo and KC will take you up till 4, then at 4 o'clock uh, on ESPN 1320, 98.5 HD2. We will have some Big 10 basketball for you. It's also on your smart speaker in the free Odyssey app. The Hoosiers, the Indiana Hoosiers are headed to the NIT. Can't wait for that movie. Gene Hackman's going to be bo- uh, wonderful in it. Uh, the Badgers, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, that is, are currently a fifth seed in the big tournament. That'll be heard on ESPN 1320 as well. So uh, we've got a little bit of madness in February. Mm. Indiana not going to the big dance. Wisconsin going to the big dance. But Indiana trying to knock Wisconsin down the bracket a little bit. And if you're going to do a bracket, start paying attention now. Mm. Even even a little nugget that you get from, from checking out Indiana-Wisconsin could help you uh, come bracket time. And then Thursday at 4 p.m. Uh, coming up later this week. We'll have some NBA basketball for you. Miami at Denver. Uh, we are your home for NBA basketball. The play-ins, playoffs, and the finals. Speaking of basketball, I want to put a pin in it coming up because I keep seeing something happening on the internet that I would like to see stop post-haste. I'll tell you whats ne- what it is next on ESPN 1320.
1: Now back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty.
4: Yeah, dang right it is. I said the Kings rely too much on their offense. And then you said they rely too much on offensive players, and I think we're talking about two separate things.
0: We are. Look, I don't think that they they have the defenders to rely on. I don't think that, that that's how this team is built.
4: No, I'm sorry. I, 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 okay, hang on. I'm, a, I'm, I. That was a misinterpretation. It's bad communicating by me. <clears throat> I think they rely on too. I would think they rely too much on their scheme when they're playing offense. Oh, okay. I, that I especially like. I, I get that you want it to be because Steve Kerr does the same thing, and this is a point of frustration with with Warriors fans with Steve Kerr. There are times where it's like, dude, get it to Steph Curry, pick and roll, and let him do that. And Steve Kerr's thing has always been like, no, because then guys get bored. Like you, you, you're not getting everybody involved in the offense. You lose players. They they lose focus, and it wears out Steph Curry, who's closer to forty than thirty. But with the Kings, I, I'm 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 guessing I don't know this for sure, but given that Mike Brown was recently with Golden State, I would assume that it's a little bit the same thing. I just they did it against the Clippers. Where they needed a couple of buckets late, and it was Monk, Sabonis, pick and roll, bang, bucket, each time. But then you go to last night, where they're down four or five or six or whatever it was late in that game, and it's Sabonis catching and then handing off, and it's like, bro, I would like to see Demonis Sabonis, one of their two best players, have a little bit more of a say here. Than just oh they're gonna run the offense room I and that's what it's gonna be like no I sometimes do the thing that's gonna get you a bucket and to me that is De'Aaron Fox to a bonus little two man game and you figure it out that way again it's not that I want to see forty eight minutes of that but in key spots like they got last night instead of relying on Kevin Herter to to shoot them back into the game hey let De'Aaron Fox or, or Domas go get go get a bucket off a off a pick and roll
0: no I, I'm with you I just I would caution that. Again, the Miami Heat ran a very specific zone to take away sure. DeMarcus Cousin.
4: I mean,
0: de- <laughs> DeMontis Sabonis. I don't know why that... Wow! It, it pops in <laughs> my head every once in a while. It's- it- it- they do. DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, they they ran a zone to take him away. And I, I get it. Like, the fact that he took oh. eight shots in 40 minutes. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I guess. A- and you want to, like, force feed him and you want him to be more of, like, like get in there and fight to, but he turned the ball over That's four times.
4: The proper radio guy thing to say in my response to that would be like, "I don't care. They're paying you forty million dollars. Go get a basket. <laughs> Go score. I don't care." So yeah. I love the the hot take without
0: uh, without any explanation and any way to answer yeah. your yeah. own question.
4: That was when when I was doing radio in San Francisco. There was all the, it was never real, but Warriors fans wanted it to be real that the Giannis to Golden State thing oh, was yeah. like was like happening. Like, oh he talked to Steph. But no, it was uh th- here was the thing. Hey, they can't really do that. Like it just doesn't work financially. And the response would be I don't care. Make it happen. Yeah. Like that what? That's just <laughs> that's not how that goes.
0: Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's it's unique to the Bay Area. I think those things happen. Yeah. That's
4: just Sacramento my experience. Well. Yeah. 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 I don't care. Just go so. get a basket, Domas just go score um, the thing i would like to see stop on the internet i want to hear it I need, look i i i blog about an nfl team mm-hmm. i am eyeballs deep in 49er stuff all the time it is supposed to be a dead period right now and i've got it is that's that is how it goes so i understand training camp and and otas and and preseason games and how silly a lot of the like preseason analysis is, but you got to do it anyways. I get it. I- I'm there. I'm with you. Um, it's fine. The spring training live tweet is the least valuable of all the live tweets. <laughs> it is. Br- I-, I don't know how this happened. I need to start unfollowing some folks. I have, I have way too many Yankee beat writers in my timeline. Oh, I have like six Yankee beat writers. My buddy Gary covers the Yankees for, it used to be the Times, but whatever whatever the Times is doing baseball-wise now, that's what he does. And I love him to death. And he's down there in Pensacola or wherever wherever in Florida they hold training camp. And he tweets, Anthony Volpe leads off with a walk. Or no, I'm sorry. Anthony Volpe gets spring spring started with a ground ball single up the middle. Oh. Like, okay, that's kind of... First first hit of spring, like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Quote tweet, Volpe steals second base. Who's this helping? Who is this for? Give me some... I, I, give me... I, there's no... <laughs> what does this mean? It's a spring game, early spring game, mind you. And it does And it, it wasn't just that. It is... Every baseball writer I follow who is at spring training right now is giving me blow-by-blow of spring training games featuring players who may not even ever play in the major leagues ever oh i see some discretion on what we're tweeting okay that's all that's all (laughs) i'm with you
0: especially if they get to the point where they're like it's two and two count now it's oh my oh my god foul tip yeah
4: it's like if, Another if foul it, tip. If a particular prospect has a great at bat, yeah, he yeah, had a great at bat. Okay,
0: we're up to seven foul tips.
4: <laughs> just.
0: It has become a tweet thread at this point.
4: <laughs> I love baseball as much as the next guy. Trust me. Yeah, and I'll, I'm even the the weirdo that when it's on like ESPN or whatever, I'll just throw it on in the background. But I don't. Man, the spring training live tweet just really got under my skin the other day, and I can't. I couldn't. I try and be courteous, right? During Niner preseason games, I know people don't care. I know nobody cares that a third string running back had a nice run. So I really try to like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tweet something about the the preseason, I really try to make sure it counts. Like I really try to make sure, hey, Jordan Mason did this. He's fighting for a backup running back spot and that's gonna help. Great. Okay, fine. But Mason ahead for four yards doesn't help anyone. No. That's not helpful. Anyways, that's all. I'm with you. I'm guilty of. I'm trust me. I'm I'm guilty of bad tweets more than anybody. Well,
0: I mean, I, I I just
4: lo- the maybe it's because I'm sensitive to baseball stuff right now. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I I do. You know, I live tweet Kings games, regular season Kings games.
0: But I, I usually start off with a tweet of who scores the first basket for the Kings. Sure. And then there's a couple of tweets every quarter. But then at the end of the quarter, the end of the half, end of the third. And then, you know, my tweets post game, like you're going to get some things thrown in there. If it's a crazy game and it's back and forth and I'm there and people aren't Mm -hmm. and they're either, you know, listening on the radio or watching on TV, like, and they're using me as an, like an accompaniment. Sure. Then yeah, you're going to see like what just happened. Like, Mm -hmm. because I can tweet.
4: That's what I was, that's what I wonder. Who do you tweet for?
0: I tweet for the people who are either like they're trying to keep up they're trying okay. to keep up with the game Got and it. and they're behind they, they know gone. they're behind i see okay. or you know they're at work or they're at home and they're like like 12 second delay right and they're sitting there i don't know what's
4: happening yeah 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 okay like, that's interesting so yeah i don't know i've i've tried i've just kind of given up I, I don't i just kind of give my general thoughts now because i never know what i figure anybody who's looking for 49ers live tweets is probably watching but that's a good point there's people on delay there's people working People yeah. On flights or whatever. Yeah. That's a good point. It's I don't know. I know we there's had... there's way better people than me to, dick f- in live tweeting game because <laughs> follow Matt Mayoko or Matt Barros. They're Yo,
0: super at quick at it. Yeah, I was. Uh, we were sitting baseline before the game last night. Brendan and I, mm-hmm. uh, one of my partners from the Kings beat, and uh, somebody came up right behind us, like put their hands on our shoulders and said. Uh, that he lives in China and that he is late to work all the time because mm-hmm. he's listening or he's staying up all night listening,
4: oh, okay.
0: listening to the podcast. And That's awesome. like people are like, "Boy, you look really tired today." He's like, "Had
4: to get my king's, well, king's podcast." in. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Look at that worldwide. You too can subscribe to the King's Beat, kingsbeat.com dot com, and uh, King's Beat podcast wherever you get your pods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: we did have some breaking
0: news while we're here. Uh, oh. 49ers. I mean, it's I don't know how major it is, but they have uh, promoted Tariq uh, Ahmad and R.J. Gillen to a dual director of pro personnel. I don't know. Huh, okay, that makes sense. They're, uh, they've both been promoted to replace Adam Peters. Yes. Uh, Ahmad came from the college scouting side and Gillen from the pro scouting side, but they're going to um, form a... A tandem. Same role. Okay. I, I think that's a really good way to um, To. To grow your team and to grow your management team mm-hmm. when because the Niners are a group that are going to get picked apart every summer and lose guys. Yeah. So if you have two guys that are getting promoted, not only do they, they they're going to work together, mm-hmm. and if you lose one, you might be okay, but they're also going to learn from each other. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing.
4: Yeah, they were both names that immediately came up from people who know uh, people in the front office. They were two names that immediately came up when Peters left. So it makes sense that they both get promoted uh, to that spot. Speaking of promotions with the 49ers, we had some news on their defensive coordinator search. And then John Lynch said something at the Combine today that really brings something home about that search. We'll have that. And we've got some more King stuff we got to dive into as well after their loss last night to the Heat. Tons to get into in the final segment. Of The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
4: Kind of a weird time of year to talk football, but we had some news yesterday in 49er land. And John Lynch kind of drove that news home today. Yeah. Uh, Matt Mayoka reported in NBC Sports Bay Area yesterday that the 49ers had interviewed two defensive coordinator candidates with plans to interview a third later this week. They're hoping to have all those interviews wrapped up by the end of this week, which means we probably have a defensive coordinator announcement coming sooner rather than later. So... They interviewed Brandon Staley, the former Chargers head coach, and then they interviewed uh, Nick Sorensen, who was their defensive passing game specialist. He was in his second year with the 49ers, but he had spent some time uh, in other places, I think Jacksonville, and, and he came up in Seattle under Pete Carroll, okay. which is kind of the the big deal there. They're also going to interview Daniel Bullock, so their safeties coach, who's been with them since 2017, former NFL safety He's been coaching for a long time. I think he's been in the NFL like as a player and coach for like 17 years. Mm. He's He's been around, and he knows the defense. He knows what the Niners want to do. So uh, John Lynch today said at his press conference at the Combine, quote, we like who we are and what we do as a defense, and I know we don't want a wholesale departure from that. That to me means Brandon Staley's out. Okay. He is a Vic Fangio guy that's a 3-4... I don't think the Niners are going to do any crazy things schematically. And they just got rid of Steve Wilkes, a successful defensive coordinator, because there were some schematic issues that they didn't think were going to be resolved. I can't imagine that they're going to want to bring in a guy like Brandon Staley, who has always run a completely different version of defense than the 49ers want to run, and go like, yeah, hey, just adapt. Like, I don't think that's a mistake. You want to make two years in a row. Yeah, and... I mean, Staley's coming off of
0: a horrific run as a head coach. Oh, really and, bad. And I know, like, as a defensive coordinator, though, he's been really good in the past, right?
4: Yeah, at least when he has prime Aaron Donald and prime Jalen Ramsey, for sure. Okay. Well, that helps. <laughs> that helps, right? Yeah. But the but, Niners have a talented group, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the problem with
0: him is that there is a stink about his his performance as a head coach in with the Chargers. And if I'm the, the 49ers, I'm not looking for a another scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone who gets it right this time. And you kind of wish that, you know, one of the guys that they've had there in that position before has been so successful that you could find another guy just like that. That's that's what you should be searching for, like the next D'Amico Ryan, the next yep. Robert Sala. Yep. And hopefully you can find that because those guys, it feels like they're running what you want them to run, but they're also big time leader of men. Yes. And, and as a defensive head, you know, defensive coordinator, that's kind of what you want.
4: Yeah. So we'll see if that hire comes down at some point this week. My guess is it does. Um, I do think it's kind of interesting that Staley was the only external candidate they interviewed. Are they done? It sounds like it. Wow. Mayoko talked to Shanahan directly. Yeah. And Shannon said, we've completed these two interviews and we've got this one coming up. We're going to finish up interviews this week. So if there was some other name out there, I would imagine it would have been said yesterday. Yeah. Unless they're trying to like sneak Pete Carroll in for a year or whatever. But I just can't imagine that Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel are going to want to come be the 49ers defensive coordinator.
0: That would be wild.
4: That just doesn't seem like a thing they'd want to do.
0: Uh, it You know, the the pocketbook that's that's where where it's going to count. Like, are they going to... Do they need the money? And chances are at least two of those guys have no need for they're money. I don't fine. know about the other.
4: And they're going to get head coaching jobs next year. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they can, I think Pete Carroll's a consultant with Seattle. Bill Belichick can take a year off, help his kid be the defensive coordinator. I think he's the defensive coordinator in Washington. Uh, Steve Belichick. Huh? I think he's a coordinator at UW. And then uh, Mike Vrabel can vibe out. I think he's got a couple of kids isn't, hang out with his family for a year.
0: Isn't there like four uh, coaches' sons that are on that staff with Belichick?
4: Yes. Yeah. I forget who they all are, but yeah, there's a lot I of... Do too. It's like the Nepo staff. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah, crazy.
0: Nepo baby staff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
4: I thought that the Kings' answers for last night were... I don't... I, I don't know. Not encouraging, but I respect that Fox just came out and was like, "Yeah, we got beat. They played better than us." Yeah, like that's like that thank you. At least like step one is recognizing it, right? Yeah. And I I I respect that so much more because sometimes that just happens in sports. Sometimes we get on the radio, we have to we have to fill a couple hours every day. So sometimes there's like a larger conversation that that is to be had. But realistically in sports, like some days, like if you've ever gone out and shot Baskets. You've just gone out and played basketball just by yourself. Some days your shot goes in, sometimes it doesn't. Like, that's just sometimes you lose, sometimes you don't. But the fact that Fox can go up there and he didn't just go, much. Oh, it's just another L. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You can go, yeah, they just beat us. They played just 182. Than us. Yeah. They're just, they were better than us tonight. It's like, well, good. Like, at least, okay, That's that recognition to me is a positive. Well, that, and I think that that's
0: part of the reason why I walk away from that game kind of feeling... The same way mm-hmm. like you don't want to I okay so if you go up against a shorthanded team and it looks the entire game like you didn't take things serious and you're losing the game not that they're going to beat you but that you're losing the game mm-hmm. that's one thing i didn't walk out of that game feeling that way i felt like the kings played like a team on the second night of a back-to-back they had a moment in the third quarter where you could see them all of a sudden they're moving in mud and they're turning the ball over. And I even, I was sitting next to Matt George and I said, if they turn the ball over like three or four times in the first five minutes, they're shot. And sure enough, that's what happened. They started turning the ball over in the early third quarter and that's when you could see that the that they were running out of gas. Now, mm-hmm. you could say there's no excuse. Well, there is an excuse. There There's a reason it's not an excuse. You played the night before in L.A., very emotional game. You beat a team that's been like a thorn in your side. You get into this game, and sure, they're lacking a bunch of players, but they came out physical and punched and punched and punched. This was not a you walked in, you didn't take someone serious, and you got beat.
4: But that's, but, but I think that's, that's the problem, though. <laughs> As you say, the, the Heat came out and they punched and punched and punched. Well, the the Kings being on a back-to-back, that's not the reason they didn't punch back. We've seen them not do that a bunch of times. Yeah. That's why I can't, I, I can't get to... We saw them go in on a back-to-back in Denver and win in Denver. Like, it's there. They just didn't do it last night.
0: Yeah. I, I just think that, like, every game is different. Every game has a life of its own. Yeah. And I, sure. I also will tell you that Denver didn't come out and punch and punch and punch. Sure. Miami did. So you played a different team and I get that they have the MVP and mm-hmm. you know or a two-time MVP and you know a guy who's who's pacing to to potentially win another mm-hmm. but like the Miami Heat just came out and played a different style of basketball and and they beat you they played better than you and mm-hmm. I, like I had some appreciation for the way that they handled it and when it came up oh, like yeah. well you guys this season have had this tendency to lose against teams like there wasn't a hyper focus on that it's like yeah, I'm not going to disrespect the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat came in here with a game plan. They fought.
4: They we we made a run. We almost caught them. Mm-hmm. But, the entire the entire Heat ethos last year on their run to the finals, by the way, yeah, was look at all the undrafted dudes. Look at all these guys nobody's ever heard of. Like that's what they do. Like they were they they I I probably underestimated them yesterday. They're a team of self-made men. Mm -hmm. that's what it
0: is. Like in the NBA, there are guys that figure it out. Like, Hey, I I was in the locker room last night, the pregame and Mason Jones, Mason Jones (laughs) is sitting there and, uh, he just fired up. Well, yeah, maybe, but, uh, but Jason Anderson clearly is writing a story about Mason Jones. Um, and, uh, Sean Cunningham wanted to get some footage of Mason Jones. Um, I, on the other hand, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like, I'm, there's very little time where I'm going to write about somebody who hasn't played a minute for the Sacramento Kings. Right. That's
4: not your angle.
0: That's, that's not my angle. That's and I, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is fine. But I wanted to go over because I don't know Basin. And I'm like, I'll go over and I'll listen. And I had my mic out at my phone and I was recording audio, but I didn't record video because it wasn't me asking questions. And I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like to do that. Sure. So. I was sitting there and I'm listening and Mason Jones says like, look, I I think, you know, this time around I'm different. I, I got too full of myself. You know, I, I, I started to have some success and I started to believe in that success too much. And I started to become a bad teammate. And he's like, I don't think I did anything like blatantly wrong, but I also didn't do things right. He's like, so I get bounced from the league. I go to Europe and I think he was playing in, uh, in Turkey and he's like, I learned very quickly what it is to be a good teammate again. Hmm. And it, it reset me. And when I decided to come back, it was going to like back to the States, go back to the G league pool mm-hmm. and try to work my way back into the league. It was with this new understanding that I was not going to be that guy. I'm going to be a a guy who's cheering on my teammates. I'm going to be the best teammate possible because I got away from that, and that was a huge mistake. And that's where I I kind of get to the Heat. The Heat does this all the time where they find these guys that flamed out in college or flamed out like in a first try in the NBA, Mm -hmm. and they bring them into their system, and they nurture them, and they figure out – what it is that went wrong the first time and how do you get them better the second time around? How do, you, how do you give them an opportunity that they can embrace and succeed in? And it's so rare in the league because there are so many teams that don't understand it. We're going to watch. Well, you can look at the Detroit Pistons right now. Just write all their names down of every, every player that's in the uh, top 10 pick. How many of those guys are going to flame out completely in the NBA? And it's because they don't have the system in place to support a young player like that. and Miami just finds a way they they go out they find these guys they they put them in a situation to succeed they tell them this is how you get on the court and this is how you stay on the court and it's brilliant the Kings need to figure that out other teams need to figure out it's really tough to figure out though when your your head coach is in his second full season running the team that's mm-hmm. typically not when you have a system in place, and yeah. even Mike Brown was asked about, oh, you know, like the Heat culture, like how do you how do you develop the Heat culture? It's like, well, you can't. We're not the Heat. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to create my own culture here, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's what we're the Kings. That's why staying with a coach, staying the course, like yes, that's why I keep saying like this offseason is really important. This this final stretch here is really important for the development of everybody. Like yeah. you gotta have a hundred percent buy in every single every single season. Yep. And that is exactly what we we see from the Miami Heat. Every yeah. season is a is a new group of fifteen guys hundred percent bought in.
4: <laughs> the Heat, just to drive your point home here, the Heat had more players play last night who were undrafted than drafted. Mm. They played nine guys last night, five of them undrafted. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Haywood High, Smith, Cole Swider and Alondas Williams. Yeah, all undrafted. Kevin Love, 5th pick, but he's 35 now? Yep, 35. Jaime Jaquez, 18th, 18th. Bam Adebayo 14th, Dillon Wright 20th. That that was their team last night. Yeah. And man, that's you know, th- this is not this is not saying and I, I know you're not saying this and this is that the Kings need to go find five undrafted guys who can contribute this year or next year. Like that's not, or I guess this offseason contribute for next year. That's not what this is, but the goal would certainly be to build out a culture and a team in an environment where a guy like Kessler Edwards maybe comes in and has more of a regular role and regular success right away. Like that's not, like I said, the, the Kings are not there yet because Mike Brown's in his second year with the team. But that's definitely I think when you when you talk about what is this team supposed to look like or what's a, a good strategy of, of putting a team together moving forward, the Heat have unlocked something. And I don't think I don't know if any team will ever be that good at it. Having two guys in your starting lineup who are undrafted and playing well is hard to do at all. But if you can find one guy like that, and then one late first round pick who can contribute, I, that that changes a lot. No, I, I totally agree. And
0: I, I would point to not Kessler Edwards who was who was drafted in the second round, but mm-hmm. I'd point to Keon Ellis. Like oh. Keon Ellis plays in a a different way than everybody else. Yeah. Like Good when point. Keon Ellis is on the court, you feel that he is he's giving everything he has because he is very much under the understanding that if he doesn't, he's not going to be in the league much longer. And there's something about players like that who who work their way into the league, who fight their way into the league. Mm-hmm. you know I always Garrett Temple is the guy that always came to mind who you know played in Europe, played all over the place. PJ Tucker played in Italy. you know these guys that have a new appreciation for what it is to be in the league and you talk about they have what two guys that are do they even have a lottery pick that's starting? Who's and, that? And, uh, like the 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 Heat? I don't think they did have a lottery pick, right? Um,
4: Hawkes is uh eighteenth pick. No, That's, excuse me, Bam, fourteen. Fourteen.
0: Okay, so he's the the last pick of the lottery. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, De'Aaron Fox, fifth pick. Yep. Uh, Keegan Murray, fourth pick. Harrison Barnes, seventh pick mm-hmm. or eighth pick. Uh, Demonte Sabonis. Barnes is seven. Ten. Uh, Malik Monk, thirteen. Kevin Herter's what? Sixteen.
4: Uh, Domas eleven. Just eleven. Here. Eleven. Yeah, but yep. Still in that range.
0: Yeah. So, and that's just like most teams are built that way. Mm-hmm. They're built around star level players, yeah. guys who are mm-hmm. high draft picks. That's just not the personality of of the Miami Heat. So,
4: somebody and you you mentioned this at at, at one of the breaks um the handoff with Dilo coming up shortly Scout recycler in the chatty houses inconsistency comes from a lack of accountability what's the accountability what are we looking for yeah just
0: we can't just yell accountability and act like it's like
5: accountability
0: that's what I that is exactly what I did yeah. I, I are you was declaring yelling accountability yes
5: I declare
0: account- accountability. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Damian. That is exactly what I did during the break. Um, like, look, you can't just, I don't think that this team is, has a, a huge lack of accountability or there's an accountability issue. I just don't think that they, they have a, what is it, like that,
4: they don't know who they are. No, it's just a lack of of tenacity and dog. We talked about this earlier. Like that's kind of what it comes down to me, to to me. Yeah, but I it's mean the handoff. This D-Lo from D'Lo and Casey Last season, us now.
0: This team had a a clear clear identity, and I don't see an identity. I we're fifty something games in, and you could say, well, they might not ever. I I don't think they will. They don't have an identity to base where. I know exactly what the Miami Heat. I don't care who's playing. I know what their
4: identity is. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Kings' identity is yet. They have the Miami Heat have people and a a a culture, and whether it's coaches or players or whatever, where if you if you aren't playing hard or if you're half assing something, there are players who are going to get on you and being like, "That's not the way we do it. This is the way we do it." The Kings just don't have that player. You want accountability from who?
5: Yeah, from who? Yeah, I I don't know that it's fair to start comparing the Sacramento Kings and the Miami Heat, though. No, saying, it's not right. Like, why don't the Sacramento Kings have the type of culture that the Miami? That's Kings not what have. I'm saying. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. So what? What like what? So, so so what you're saying is the lack of like identity creates issues like what we saw last night. I don't even know if it's last night. It, or that we've seen through the, throughout this season.
0: Yeah, the Detroit loss, the Charlotte
5: loss. The and last night's Easton's. not a Detroit-Charlotte
0: No, Portland last night they just got... It, it's not either. No. It's okay. not. No. No, they okay. just got beat. But I still don't know that they have...
5: It It feels like it's a game they should have won. Like yes. Regardless Definitely. of yes. how tough Definitely. Miami yeah. is, how great yeah. Eric Spolster is, when you're missing seven guys, five rotational players, two starters, you've got to find a way to win that game like yeah. you were up double digits on them early you put them away and they they couldn't and I like I get the frustration with that but to your point James this is who the Kings have been this season and that's why we talk about the difficulties of what these next you know 26 games are going to look like because this is what it's like we're gonna have the extreme highs of the Clippers like People calling yesterday talking about the winning the conference and why can't they do? Well, 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 why not this and why not that? To now, all of a sudden, the team is a fraud because they couldn't beat my, the Miami Heat. Like, it's going to be extremely high and extremely low the rest of the season because yes. they don't have an identity. And they're just kind of stuck in this weird, like, purgatory where I just want them to make the playoffs. And I just want them to make the playoffs just for, like, the psychological standpoint and that stupid-ass draft pick. Just get that done with. And then this offseason, Monty McNair has a lot of work to do. But they've got to get to the playoffs. Here's kind of my point. Even if you have to win a playing game.
4: Hey, I don't want to do the shows this summer if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm quitting if they don't make the playoffs. (laughs)
5: No, you're not. Your resignation is declined.
0: (laughs) Okay, so here's my point. My point is this. When the chips are down and you're missing players and everything is falling apart and you got suspended players and injured players and everything else. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And what we saw last night is when that is the case for the Miami heat, this is who they are. This is it. They are Mm -hmm. gritty. They're going to punch you in the face, win or lose. They're going to win or lose the same exact way. It's just whether or not they got beat with the Sacramento
5: Kings. I'm still wondering Who are you when when everything goes wrong? Who are you? Let me ask you something. Since we we don't get to talk to you today, do you think the Kings played bad yesterday? I don't. That's the killer to me. They really didn't play bad. No, that stretch in the third quarter was—it just happened. Incredible. Yes, just incredible. It was Mm -hmm. just and 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 I know De'Aaron's press conferences get a lot of eye rolls from Kings fans, but I think, I don't remember who asked him, James, about, you know, the the third and the fourth quarter, but he was like, the third quarter, we couldn't hit any, like we were trying, we couldn't hit a shot. No, like, it happens Nothing sometimes. dropped. Then the fourth quarter, Keegan hits back-to-back threes, and all of a sudden, it feels like the Kings are playing incredible when the only difference is, Keegan's said, shots dropped.
0: He said it. It was Herter, Keegan, Keegan, and Fox said that exact. the only difference is it we hit three threes in a row and we had nine points in a row a nine zero run
5: boom? Yeah.
4: I feel like they generated some turnovers in the in the fourth quarter as well during well, that run.
5: So that was that was you know we, Kenny and I do this all of the time like do, like do, did you feel like the Kings were gonna win? It felt like the twenty to ten when they were down twenty and that rush where the crowd mm-hmm. just went nuts yeah. to get to ten. That felt like oh my god. Everything else kind of felt like the flow of the game. So once they came out of that timeout, I was like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they have it. It's like they have to score on every possession. Yes, They literally had to be perfect the final 12 minutes to win that game. And they were perfect for about six. And then it got into a game where they just didn't.
4: The takeaway, close. the takeaway for me last night is is not the the micro of, of last night's game, the 48 minutes of last night's game. It is zooming out and watching the way the Heat just approach it, not asking the Kings to have the Heat culture or the Heat's legacy or whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for that. That would be insane. But it was the way the, the Heat approached last night's game, and the I keep coming back to dog because that's the only kind of uh, 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 adjective I, guess, I have yeah. for yeah. it. But like they came out and they were just like, nope, we are pulling you down in the mud and we're going to figure out a way to win this game. We're going to grit. We're going to grind. That's a grizzly thing, I guess. But we're just going to muck it up and we're going to, to start swinging. Our backs may be against the wall. We may be shorthanded, but we're going to swing no matter what. I don't think the Kings have that same attitude. And watching the Heat come out with that kind of force in last night's game, it's like, oh, that's what the Kings are missing. They just don't have dudes who will go do that. I get you. I'm gonna that's, say what this, that's what popped out.
0: In the final seconds of that game, though. Don't laugh at me. The the thing no, that was no, no, different no, no. Okay. to me was that they were so it's so ingrained that we fight, we fight. They they gave it all back, right? They had this huge league, they gave it all back, mm-hmm. but it's like who are we? And that's when you get these incredible backbreaking shots. The Bam Adebayo shot oh. at the those at, the, that at Jaime Hawkes had the same thing. Like these incredible backbreaking shots. That's where the culture comes in. That we are going to will ourselves, whatever it takes, we're going to will ourselves, and the Kings just don't have that switch yet, and yeah. I, I it's agree. like they don't have that to fall back on, the culture to fall back on. I
5: uh, I agree. I I think there's something about a team that's facing adversity. We'll talk about like Miami's won four in a row, also like they're playing good ball. They're yeah, equal yeah, in the standings. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter
0: who's playing; they're equal in the standings, yeah, right? The Kings.
5: And like, hey, we're hey. Hey, we got into this scuffle. You know, we're down guys. We've got to be hyper focused for this game. I think there's a there's like a there's a certain PED element to that, like a, a performance enhancing drug to that, like, hey, lift we have to lift ourselves up for this one game. Yeah, right? we mm-hmm. see it sometimes like when Dearon is out. And and it doesn't happen a lot, thankfully, because those guys don't miss a ton of time. De'Aaron is out. Domas never misses games, but we always try to how did, where does the playmaking come from? Where does this come from? And you see the Kings execute in a way that they don't when everyone's available. There's there's just something to that. It's like when well, one agree. of us are out, right? The other person's got to step up. Jesse's got to step up. Kyle's got to step up. Whatever it may be, it's it's just kind of this, hey, guys, we got to do this for one day. This is what we have to
0: and do. And those moments make us all better. Mm-hmm. And that's where maybe not missing games isn't the easiest thing. Mm. Maybe not having to rely on someone else to do something yeah. hurts his team. Yeah.
4: It's because it's all dogs in here.
0: We are all dogs.
4: Exactly. We are dogs. All right. Dylan Casey coming up next. Uh, they're hanging with you till four on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Center.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.